services will begin in two minutes. Our services will begin in two minutes. Good morning again, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? We're doing okay? Amen and amen. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing our opening hymn, hymn 565. Our opening hymn will be hymn 565. And if you're able to rest upon your feet at this time, we would appreciate it if you're able. Hymn 565. M565. Uh, there's a call comes ringing over the restless way. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The gospel and let it shine. Joy, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. We have heard, we have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light, send the light. At the cross we lay, send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Uh, let us pray that. Grace be everywhere abound. Send the light, send the light, and 
Christ-like spirit everywhere be found. Send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jewels for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thanks for this time that we gather together here to praise your name and to worship you and to listen to your word here. We're so thankful for the missions conference that you allow us to have this week. And we're so thankful for the missionaries that were willing to give their lives to you to preach your gospel to the lost people. Lord, we just want to ask you to help this church to have more desire to preach your word for the, for the mission's work. And please help us have a great day today. And we please help us to remember these churches are so of result of the mission's work. And then please help, the, help this church to keep the mission's work for your glory. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And at this time, if you're able, we'd like for you to turn to hymn 539. Hymn 539. We send the light because we want our Lord and Savior to rescue the perishing. Amen. Hymn 539. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. We, or the erring one, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Amen. Verse 2. Though they are slighting him, still he is waiting, waiting the penitent child to receive. Plead with them earnestly, plead with them gently. He will forgive if they only believe. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. Down in the human heart, crushed by the tender feelings, like carrying the grace can restore. Touched by a loving heart, walking by kindness, cords that are broken will vibrate once more. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is 
Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Rescue the perishing. Duty demands it. Strength for thy labor. The Lord will provide. Amen. Back to the narrow way. Patiently win them. Tell the poor one, a Savior has died. Rescue the perishing care. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Amen. At this time, you may be seated.
Well, that's our, that's our responsibility as a church, amen, is to preach Christ. None of, nothing else, not philosophy, not all this stuff, just preach Jesus, amen? Amen. And when we do that, people will understand that Jesus saves. And all God's people can say, amen. Let's all stand, hymn number 325, and let's sing, Jesus saves. Come ahead, brother. The joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, bear the news to every land, climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Wafted on the rolling tide, Jesus saved, Jesus saved, tell to sin as far and wide, Jesus saved, Jesus saved, sing ye islands of the sea, echo back ye ocean's caves, earth shall keep her jubilee. Jesus save, Jesus save. Sing above the battle strife. Jesus save, Jesus save. Neither death and endless life. Jesus save, Jesus saves. Sing it softly through the gloom when the heart for mercy craves. Sing in triumph for the tomb. Amen. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Shout salvation, full and free, highest hills and deepest caves. Tis our song of victory. Jesus save, Jesus save. Amen. And you may be seated. Oh, oh, oh. 
This is Brother Joe. He came to the church this April when we started this Korean ministry here. This is Miss Jean. She came here, uh, I guess, in August. I'm so thankful for, for that. She's Miss Lee. She's all the way from California, and then she was looking for a church here. And then she's Miss Yoon. She actually was the first Korean folks who came over here. And then because of her, I was sure God called me to this church for the Korean ministry. And then I'm Brother Choi, as you know. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Listen, that, this, that's what missions work is about. Amen. And, but uh, it's, pray for them. Pray for Brother Wu Jin that, that God will use them and God will raise up a Korean ministry. That, that's how you start. Amen. And as Brother Paul preached this morning, listen, there's not just a, a deal where you fill in the blanks and it just all comes to. No, it takes hard work, a lot of effort, Amen. praying, and it takes people doing their part. Amen. I go down every week. I've learned how to say, Monaso Pangasimnita. All right? Uh, that's good morning. It's good to see you. I think that's what that is. Ujian, where'd he go? I, I think that's what that is. But I go down and I make my, I, I let them know I'm glad to see them. And you ought to do the same thing. It's not a church here and a church here. It's, a, it's like this. We're together. And, and so please pray, uh, go down and, and, and say hello. Do the best you can. 
Uh, that, if you need help, talk to Brother Wujin. And that's, that's, he's our go-between. He's our missionary to Korean-speaking people here. So make yourself known to them. Amen. What, what a blessing. Thank you very much for singing. I appreciate that. Good morning and welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We're awful glad that you're here today. Uh, we're thrilled that you're part of our missions conference. Thank you for coming. Just a few announcements this morning. I want to remind folks that after the service this morning, we will be having a meal in our fellowship hall. And we want to invite everybody to come with that. You say, well, I didn't bring anything. You don't have to bring anything. We're Baptists. There is so much food there that we'll be able to feed another church by the time it's over. Amen. <laughs> so I want to encourage you to be a part of that meal after our service. And then I want to remind you also because of the things we have going on today there will be no afternoon service there'll be no afternoon service uh, then uh, pastor eva mrs mrs white and myself would like to thank you for all the gifts and the cards that you gave us for pastor appreciation month thank you so much it was very kind unexpected and we're very very grateful uh, that god has allowed us to be his servants here at central park baptist church amen amen The next two Tuesday nights for equipping the saints will be canceled because of other things going on. And then um, Brother Mark's class next Saturday will also be canceled. Uh, um, next Saturday, right, will also be canceled. Then October 18th, this will not be canceled, is <laughs> our ladies' Bible study at 10 o'clock in the morning. Thank you for coming, and welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. Amen. 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 Now, we're not in a hurry this morning, amen. Amen. I'm telling you, I was telling folks the other day, I said, I was coming to church when I got here, so uh, I'm not in a hurry. And since we're not having a search this afternoon, we're, gonna, we're just going to go ahead and fit that in this morning. Amen. <laughs> so don't, don't uh, you know, some folks' religion is shorter than the Lord's, and we're just going to go ahead and have fun today. I, was ex I got up this morning at 5 o'clock, came downstairs about 5.30. I was ready for folks to go ahead and get here. <laughs> I mean, I was I I enjoy coming to church, Amen. to this church, yes, and I trust that you do as well. I'm thankful that God has allowed me uh, to be a part, and I really, you know, I'm, I'm I'm overly blessed, and I'm thankful for that. If you do not have a faith promise card, all right, uh, would you please raise your hand? And uh, there, Miss uh, Sharon in the back. Anybody else? Miss Annabelle over here on the on that side, men. Uh, right there on your right, uh, Malachi, Brother Jose. All right, keep your hands up. And um, now at the end of service, uh, we're, Brother Sharon's going to come preach in just a few minutes. And uh, uh, the, the Sunday school lesson was awesome. Amen. Yes, I'm telling you, it yes, was, um, you talk about a, a good faith promise lesson. Uh, and, and it was very good. I appreciated that. If, if you, did we get that on live stream, by the way, and get it recorded? If you didn't get it, you need to go back and get it, okay? Uh, I mean, that's like eating a good meal, and then the dessert lady don't come around, okay? I mean, that, 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 that was good, so you'll want to uh, get that. It encourages us in faith promise that uh, we're not here. We've got to, you know, uh, uh, link up with our missionaries. We have to have as much faith as they do so that we do this together, okay? Because it's a we thing, not a me thing. And uh, so please, at the end of service, after the message, we're, during the invitation, we'll, the offering plates will be back, and we want you to put these in, all right? Amen. But this time, we're going to have our offering, amen? amen. 
I mean, we're going to eat physical food later. We'll take care of that non-essential stuff later. But the most important stuff today is spiritual things. Amen. Amen. And uh, so I trust that you'll please give. God says give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. But God's going to give it to you the same way you give it to him. If you give it tight-fisted, God's going to give it back to you the same way. So please, God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Father, help us this morning. Bless. Uh, Thank you, Lord, for the choir. Lord, as they sang this morning, we preach Christ. Help us to do that, Lord. Help Central Park Baptist Church to stay the course. Preach Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for our Korean folks, God, who came and sang it as well with my soul. And, and I pray, God, today that we leave this place, we can say just exactly that, it is well with our soul. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts today. I pray, God, that you'd bless this offering, bless the gift and the giver, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. this time, for those of you who may be fifth grade and under, fifth grade and under, we are going to... We're going to dismiss for junior church. Those fifth grade and under will be dismissed for junior church. (laughs) Yeah, excuse me, I was getting the baseball signals in the back there. (laughs) The thing about it is I don't play baseball. Softball, but not baseball. Amen. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing uh, first and last verses of hymn 579. First and last verses of hymn 579. soldiers of the king as an inside fair we lift it up today while as ransom one we sing marching on marching on for christ got everything but lost and to crown cross the world shall sway 
Turn to hymn uh, 657, hymn 657, A New Name in Glory, hymn 657. Sing along. I was once a sinner, but I came pardon to receive from my Lord. This was freely given. And I found that he always kept his word. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And the white road angels sing the story. A sinner has come home. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for heaven. Never more to roam. I was humbly kneeling at the cross, fearing not but God's angry frown. When the heavens opened and I saw that my name was written, Amen. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And the white road angels sing the story. A sinner has come home. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, you bow for heaven, nevermore to roam. Last verse. In the book is written, saved by grace, oh, the joy that came to my soul. Now I am forgiven, and I know by the blood I am made whole. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And the white road angels sing the story. A sinner has come home. Well, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. With my sin forgiven, I am bound. For heaven, never more to roam. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Keep us yelling. No, you're fine. Um, before the quartet sings, I just want to announce Brother uh, Paul, a, a good friend of mine, known each other for years, and and uh, but I'm I'm thankful. I've heard him preach at fellowships, and has uh, always enjoyed the preaching, but. Never had him preach for us, but being a church planter, I thought that it would be a great opportunity for him to preach, and 
close out our faith promise missions because listen I'm telling you uh, missions is also about planting churches amen, amen. amen. and uh, he has done that and God's used him in a great way and so I'm thankful that he has come today to preach let me encourage you please uh, give him your undivided attention when he comes amen and, and because God's using him and he used him this morning in the Sunday school lesson so uh, as soon as the quartet sings he's just going to step right up and uh, the time is his I told him to preach until uh, God gets through with him. Amen. Amen. And uh, so, uh, I mean, we're going to eat, but that back there is not important. Right. 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 Not as, it, uh, listen, this in here is what's eternally Amen. important. Amen. So um, please just, uh, uh, if you get wiggly, just wiggle real still, okay? <laughs> if you got to go to the restroom, go now. Amen. Amen. Not during the preaching. Amen. We kind of, we got, we've gotten a little loose about that, so... Uh, if you just so be still and let God work. Amen. Amen. We're missing out on the good life according to man of degree. We're missing out on life normal pleasures by standards of worldly belief they say we're too narrow we should learn to just let go we're all missing out somehow but when i think of their claims and the pleasures they name well i'll admit i have missed out i missed out on the heartache of living my life in sin I missed out on the sorrow of facing a world without Him. And I have no regrets for the things that I've missed, cause deep down in my heart the truth was and is every day that I live. I thank God for what I've missed. They say that our stand and the book in our hand, it's not right politically. They call our convictions religious addictions. They claim that we're all turned around, but we cannot deny one thing they got right. It's true. We have missed out. I missed out on the heartache of living my life in sin. I missed out on the sorrow of facing a world without Him. And I have no regrets for the things that I missed, cause deep down in my heart the truth was and is every day. Every day that I live, I thank God for what I've missed. I missed out on the heartache of living my life in sin. I missed out on the sorrow of facing a world without Him. And I have no regrets for the things that I've missed, cause deep down in my heart the truth was and is every day. Every day that I 
Praise the Lord. My first pastor would say, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. Amen. Well, what a pleasure it has been to be here thus far. I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in the next uh, two or three hours that we're here together. Um, Just kidding. Just kidding. Acts, I'm sorry, yeah, Acts 26, find your place there. While you're turning there, I want to begin with your theme verse. Uh, It was always a big thing to me when I would have preachers come in and I would tell them our theme is this, and they would never touch the theme. I thought, that's just crazy. But I want us to uh, read together, if you'll stand for the reading of our theme verse, and we'll start there this morning. Again, what a pleasure it's been here, and uh, uh, Brother leading that Korean ministry, what a powerful message that was this morning. That was powerful. I hope you caught that. Acts 26, we'll read verse 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. You know, if we're going to learn to stay the course... It's going to be by doing what God has told us and showed us and nothing more and nothing more. Let me pray for us this morning. We'll begin. Father, we thank you so much for allowing me again to be here. Lord, I thank you for the privilege. I thank you to be able to be in a church like this this morning. Father, I ask you again that if there's anything that needs to be poured out of me, you do so. And let me just be your humble vessel one more time. Bring your word to your people to encourage them in the area of missions And Father, if there's one lost here this morning, I pray that you'll let enough be said that they'll come to the altar and be saved today before it's too late. Lord, be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to be going to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 shortly if you want to find your way there. But here in our text, uh, in the, the theme verse, I want you to notice that Paul is saying here that he has obtained help from God. Paul, at this point, is a marked man. At this point, he has been marked by the enemy to stop uh, preaching the gospel, to stop him helping churches going forward. He's a marked man because the enemy hates those who do the Lord's work. Uh, I want us to be aware that you and I are marked. The enemy doesn't want us moving forward. He would like for us to be lazy Christians and stay home on Sundays. He'd like for us to be lazy and quit giving to the cause of Christ. He would love for you not to be encouraged to be a part of the mission program. That's what he's done to mark us to try to discourage us. And let me tell you something. He has no boundaries. There's nothing he will not do to discourage you. He will hit you below the belt. He will hit you at your knees. He will take your feet off money. He doesn't care whatever it takes to stop us from proclaiming his word. Paul says, I understand that, but I have obtained help from God. When it comes to faith promise giving, you and I need to acknowledge that we are accepting that our ability to continue to give and to go and to increase our giving uh, and outreach is because you and I have obtained help from the Lord. We're not doing this on our own. He's helping us. Uh, in fact, I, I sometimes feel convicted by that word help because it's really not Him helping us. It, it's really us getting on board with His plan. But He's allowed it to be said that He's helping us. That's another way God is gracious to us. Psalm 121 says, My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. Aren't you glad that our help isn't coming from the government? 
Aren't you glad that help's not coming from the money in your wallet or your purse? Aren't you glad that our help is someone who can be trusted because He is faithful unto us? He has proven that over time. So we know our help is someone we can lean on. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been in a position before where you had to trust somebody or lean on somebody, it's hard to do if you don't have confidence in them. I think about the little girl who is uh, walking over by the edge of the cliff and falls off and grabs hold of the branch, you know, and, and when she's hanging there begging for help and, and the Lord tells her, just let go, I'll take care of you. And she hollers, anybody else up there, amen? That's the way we are oftentimes. We don't want to hear what God has to say, but if we'll just trust Him, even when we don't know the outcome, He is there for us. He's there for us. I heard a story this morning. I'll share it very quick. It was a little blind girl who was in her home and her home caught fire. And uh, being in the second floor of her house, not being able to find her way, she felt the door, felt it was hot and made her way to her window. And outside her window were all the firemen there watching the house and they were all screaming, jump out the window, jump out the window. And she was telling them, I can't jump out the window because I'm blind. I don't know where I'm going. The neighbors began to come out and say, sweetheart, just jump. They'll catch you. Just jump. They'll catch you. And the fireman, jump now, jump now. And somehow in the midst of all that, she heard her father say, sweetheart, if you'll jump, I'll catch you. And they said because she heard in the midst of all those voices, she heard one voice, which was her father, who she trusted. She's able to jump out the window to safety. What you and I need to do this morning is not listen to what the world is saying, but listen to our Father. And whatever He said to do, jump with it. We may not be able to see what's on the other side. We may not be able to see what's around us, but God knows. And we can trust our Father. Because He's where our help comes from. Paul was able to press on with his journey, which was taking the gospel to every creature, because of great, uh, great help from the Lord. It didn't matter whether they were great or small, big or little, prominent or not prominent. None of that mattered. He just wanted to take the gospel to every creature and God allowed him to do so. I hope that's your prayer this morning is you get the gospel to every creature. Every person, every man, woman, and child needs to hear the gospel. His steadfast, faithful approach should be an example to us this morning. He endured some great things. He went through some trials. He went through some struggles. But he was able to say, you know what? I'm going to be faithful unto the Lord to do because he is helping me. I've obtained his help. I want to encourage us today in the fact of continuing to stay the course. Church, before I begin this morning, let me just tell you this. You may not understand this, but you are in a blessed place today. Churches like ours are not prominent today. To see what you heard by way of music and to hear what you hear weekly by way of preaching is not the norm. You are very blessed. And so what you need to do is acknowledge that by being faithful to the Lord for what He has provided for you. There are people who wish they could be in a church like this this morning. There are people who wish they could hear. I heard that one testimony this morning. She came from California to be in a church like this. Praise the Lord for that. Happens all over the world. You're blessed. And so what we have to do is be faithful back to the Lord because of what He has given us to do. I want to encourage us in staying that course regardless of what society says that the world offers us. It takes a little bit of faith and God will multiply that into great things. Just so you'll get this this morning, there are three types of faith. There is no faith, 
Remember this? The disciples were in the boat with Jesus, and the storm comes. Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the ship. And they go down and wake him up and say, don't you know we're going to perish? He calms the storms, calms the waters, and it says, how is it that you have no faith? That was his disciples. Sometimes I think we fall in that category where we lose our faith. Then there's little faith, which I think most of us live in this area where we have some and we're trying to grow it. And then there's much faith. The centurion in Matthew chapter 8, he uh, tells about his servant who is sick and, and the, the leper has already come and said, heal me, and Jesus heals him. But when the centurion says, my, my servant is sick, he says, I'll come and heal him. He says, no, I'm not worthy of coming to my house. Just speak the word. You ever read that? And Jesus said, I have not found so great faith in all of Israel. There's a lot of people come through Israel. He said, none of them match the faith of this guy. I would to God that we all had great faith or much faith. But no matter how much we have, it just takes a little for God to get involved. Paul would later be able to say, he finished his course, he run his race all because of the faith that he had in the Lord Jesus and in his word. I want to see how we can continue to finish our course as a church and as a a group of uh, believers together. I say us today because I feel like I'm involved in this church. I'm a friend of your pastor. He's allowed me to be here. I'm involved. So let's look today at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you'll turn over there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And let's look today how we can continue to stay our course with the Great Commission and faith promise giving. I'm going to read a few verses here in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abound unto the riches of their liberality, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves." Praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowshipping, fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord unto us by the will of God. In so much that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith, and in utterance, and in knowledge, and in diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by the occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich, And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you. That means it's helpful, it's beneficial. Who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it. That is, there was readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. So we see here that Paul is trying to show us And educate them at the same time. The Holy Spirit gave him this ability to communicate in such a way that you and I could learn from what the early church was doing. They were practicing uh, continuing in their faith. There had been some commitments made. There had been some promises made. Now it was time to fulfill that. Now it's time to put their feet to the fire, so to speak. I want you to notice first with me this morning that they gave of themselves. Look at verse 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. 
Can I tell you this morning, this is where we need to start. Uh, They made an entire consecration of themselves and all that they had unto the Lord. They said, here's the thing. We're not just going to give to appease the offering. We're going to start by making sure that we are right with the Lord. That we have given ourselves unto the Lord. Remember, it's not just about giving. It's about giving and going. It takes both parts of this. They were willing to dedicate themselves to serve the Lord. They realized something. Listen to me. This is a big thing for a Christian in their life. They realized that everything they had was already the Lord's. It's a glorious day in a believer's life when we realize our stuff isn't our stuff. Our stuff is God's stuff. We're just simply stewards of it. And might I say, many times we're not good stewards of it. We wonder why we don't have more, do more, or, and it's often because we're not good stewards of what God has given us. Right. I've heard people say, boy, if I was to win the lottery, I'd give so much money to your church. And I say, no, you wouldn't. Right. They say, well, how can you say that? I say, because you're not giving anything now. Right. If you're not going to do with little, you're not going to do with much. Right. That's why God's not going to give you more. Right. You have to be a good steward of what you have. Well, Paul realized that these folks are making these decisions, and he said they were a good steward with themselves first. Right. We talked a little bit about this in Sunday school. Being in your place. Being where you should. Hey, when we have a meeting, we're there. When there's a class, we're there. If there's a special event, we're there. If there's a breakfast, we're there because we're dedicated and giving ourselves unto the Lord. Some might say, well, you know what? It's not a big deal to miss a a prayer breakfast. Those people you're praying for don't feel that way. And let me say to you on the other side that if you were the one being prayed for, you wouldn't feel that way. So it is important that we realize that everything that they had was His. The truth of the matter is that we should understand this. Here's the reality, folks. Those of us who call ourselves the saints of God, those who are born again, heaven-bound, saved believers, we have been bought with a price. Aren't you thankful for that purchase? Amen. Amen? You ever had buyer's remorse? Bought something and when you got home and thought, man, what did I do? God has never done that with one of us. When He bought us, No matter how awful or wicked we may be, God never one time said, I'm sorry I purchased them. He was thankful because he loves us that much. Let that get in your crawl for a minute. As wicked as we are, God has never once said, I regret having him. Never once has God said that. Boy, I'm so thankful for that. Therefore, Paul says, you know, because they have surrendered themselves, they're beginning to understand the process. Church, you're not going to get the process of faith promise until you learn to give of yourself first. You have to be willing to surrender yourself the way they did. They gave it all. Not just what they thought they had excess of, but what they had lack of. Let that sink in for a minute. Things they didn't even have. You say, where do you get that? Out of their deep poverty and beyond their power. They were willing to give that much of themselves. Another fact is that not only is, are, are we His, but everything that we have belongs to Him. Let me just give this to you. I want you to make sure you, you understand this. Psalm 24 says, The earth and the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and they that dwell in. They're all His. He also says this in Psalm 50. For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. It's all his. The Macedonian people gave of themselves because they understood this. 
and believed it. So before I press on with this point, may I just ask to you to ask yourself this, where are you at in that, that part of the system? Do you realize that it's all God's? And have you given yourself fully to the Lord? They gave of themselves to the Lord, he, meaning He become priority. Here's a principle that I had to teach my kids and that I learned early on that I think made a difference in my life. God does not want to be prominent in your life. God wants to be preeminent in your life. Preeminent means that there is nothing or no one before Him. And until we get to the place where nothing and no one is before Him, we're not fully surrendered to Him. And if you're not putting God in His proper place, if He's not preeminent, then I can tell you right now, you're struggling with what you should give to missions. Because your thought is, how am I going to make it? What about my bills? What about my responsibilities? What about my desires? I want this. I want that. Listen, brother or sister in Christ, you need to just put God in His place and yield to Him. And He has promised, listen, this is a promise to meet the desires of our heart. The problem is we've got to let Him change our heart. Getting me out of the system. Well, it went quiet there, didn't it? Oh, no. It's something that God wants to do in our lives. They got it. They said, God, you're first. You have a rightful place. God wants our hearts before our gifts. He wants our hearts before our gifts. So many people think, well, I'm giving, therefore God must be happy with me. Well, maybe you misunderstand. It's not your money that God's interested in. It's you. It's your heart. If the Lord is preeminent in our lives, and He has the place that He should be, then He's above and before anything and anyone. I need you to get that. I know a lot of parents that will say this, my kids are number one. Please be careful. There is nobody who loves their kids more than I do. No one. But they can't be before God. Can't be. My son was born with beta strep, and he was uh, very sick. And uh, the first two hours of his life, we didn't, didn't even understand how sick he was. And in hour three and four, they were care flighting him to one hospital, and my wife was in another hospital, and I didn't know what to do. You know, where, where do I go? And my thought was, God gave my wife to me first. I'm staying with her. And so I went to her bedside, and I'm just praying with her. And she said, go be with, this, with, with Hunter. And so I went to the other hospital, and the doctor says, here's the thing. We don't know how to help your son, so you might want to start preparing for a funeral. I'm a 24-year-old kid. And then he says this. We're going to give you three medications to choose from, and one of those three could help your son. We want you to choose. And I'm thinking, I'm not a doctor. I'm, I'm barely a parent. I'm sure I'm not qualified to make this decision, but what it was is that he wanted us to be responsible, not him. So we chose a medication, and I remember Lisa and I gathering ourselves at home in our bed, and we just said this, God, if you love that boy more than we love that boy, and you want him more than you want us to have him, then we want you to take him home and not cause him to suffer. Right. I'm going to tell you, that's the most humbling prayer you can pray. But I needed God to know he was priority in my life more than my son, who I love dearly, my only son. But it's important to me to show the Lord that I wasn't just talk. A lot of Christians talk. But can you walk it? 
And what Paul was saying to these people was, you've talked, now it's time to walk. Central Park, it's time to walk. In the day and age we live in, we need more Christians walking their faith. Not just talking it. Because they gave of themselves, it caused them, notice this in verse 5, to give to others. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave themselves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Paul said because they had given themselves to the Lord, when it come time to give to the missionaries, they were all in. They were all in. It wasn't a problem because, see, they had given themselves to the Lord. They knew the importance of giving themselves to God. So when the missionaries said there's a need, it was no big deal for them to say absolutely they wanted to. Because they knew this was the will of God. Now notice this. And because that will of God was evident, they were able to continue the work that was established. You know how the work is going to continue with these missionaries that are here? That we're going to give. That's going to help them to to give. You say, wait a minute, this giving business, I hear a lot about giving. Well, let me just quickly give you this. If you were to look at chapter over in chapter 9, verse 7, God talks a little bit about giving, and this is what he says. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly of necessity, for God loved the cheerful giver. If you're struggling about how you should give, let me just tell you, don't do it with a grudge. Don't do it out of necessity. God doesn't need you. But do it cheerfully because you love the Lord and want to do what He's told you to do. You say, how does that get me the faith promise? Well, then you couple that with what God tells us in in, uh, Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So I want to give cheerfully this morning and I want to please God. So I'm going to continue with what God has given us as the plan to continue. So we see first they gave of themselves. Number two, notice this. They practiced grace. They practiced grace. Look at me verse 7 very carefully. Let me give you um, a little bit of understanding so that we're on the same page. In verse 1 of this, when it talks about the grace of God bestowed, that's talking about money. The grace that they had bestowed was a love offering, a gift. I, I understand that. I want you to understand that. Because people say, well, we're talking about this gift, this grace, what is it? They were giving money. Which is what you're being asked to do is to promise money. So when we talk about this practicing God's grace, we're talking about the giving of something. And this particular time was money. Notice what it says in verse 7. Therefore, as you abound in everything... Faith and utterance and knowledge and diligence and your love to us. See that you abound in this grace also. He said, listen, if you're going to do all those other things and you should be doing those other things, don't forget about your giving. Because it's important. You do understand the law of sowing and reaping, right? That's important in a believer's life. That you understand that you're going to reap what you sow, you're going to reap more than you sow, and you're going to reap later than you sow. That's an important principle you should never forget. You never go wrong being a gracious giver right. in whatever area. Right. Listen, I, let me just encourage you just, just to pause for a minute just to help you in your life. When you're out eating at some restaurant, be gracious with your tips. Yeah. It's just being a blessing. Though, especially in the age we live in, those folks are having a hard time making it. Why not be kind and gracious to them? God will always repay. Right. You're not going to be a debt, in debt to God. You say, well, that's not given to the church. No, but you're being kind to someone else and you're going to reap that same kindness somewhere down the road. Right. And I promise you there's going to come a day when you're going to want someone to be nice to you. Notice this. 
We need to pattern after this. Pattern after what these folks are doing, practicing. Notice what Paul said. He said, in faith. This means the doctrines that they had learned and they were continuing to carry out the same doctrines that had been taught to them. Listen, folks, we're not looking for anything new. If it's something that's new, it's wrong. Just get that in your head. When people say, I have a new revelation, close my book, I'm done. Because there's nothing new under the sun. I don't want to hear a new gospel. I want to hear the old gospel. I want to hear what God has already said. I don't need someone to give me an opinion or a version or a new rendition. I don't need any of that. I just need the power of God which comes in His Word. Paul said, you've kept that faith. You've been faithful in this faith. Now continue in that faith. Continue in that practice, trusting the Lord. The one reason that I love faith promise is this. It has helped me to continue to grow in my grace and in my faith. It has helped me. Staying uh, true to that helps me to see God's work through this. Then he also says utterance. Make sure you continue in this and you've been doing good. He was saying to them, their communication of the gospel should be gracious. Listen, folks, we ought to be giving the gospel to everybody we can. Not just reserving it for that special opportunity. No, no, no. There is no wrong place. Uh, This is, I've been to the wrong door before. Somebody give me an address and say, go to this house, and I bet the wrong address. And, and you know, and my preacher boy said, what are we going to do? He said, we're going to give him Jesus. Because there is no wrong door when it comes to giving the gospel. May not be the people we intended to see, but again, God has divine appointments for a reason, right? He said, continuing that, sharing that gospel, speaking the truth, telling them what they need to learn and know about the truth. Listen, folks, the Word of God is perverted so terribly in our day and age. From the amount of false translations to the people that are perverting and twisting the text, they need truth. Stay steadfast. Continue with our utterance of the truth. Notice this. He said in their knowledge. This is the continual growing, continual growing of their mind and spirit. You know, we've not arrived. We all still have some things to learn. There's much about the Word of God that, that while you may have read it, and I hope you've read it through every year, for every, every year you've been born again, even then you're never going to know it all. There's always an opportunity to learn. And he says that knowledge is that continual learning more about the Word of God, which teaches us more about the Son of God, which teaches us about His promises and His principles He's given to us. Proverbs 4, 5 says, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. You want to know what some of the most precious things in times of trouble is? Is the Word of God. They're there to help us. New verse I've learned this month, been a blessing to me, is Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and He heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. How precious is that? That the Lord heard me. I was able to seek Him and He heard me. How precious is that? When it comes time to giving, we need to be faithful in our knowledge and our learning. He also says our diligence. This means being faithful to the truths, to being faithful of knowing what to say, how to say, what to do, how to do, all those things. Can I tell you that we need to be faithful to preach the Word. We need to be faithful to teach in our classes, faithful to make sure that we are being studious in the Word because we need to be knowledgeable, we need to be diligent in these last days. 
Someone always is going to have a question or a perversion of something. And a few weeks ago, I had the privilege of, of being around a group of men, and they were asking me questions. What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And I was so thankful to, to have some knowledge to be able to say, here's what the Word of God says. Here's what the Bible says about this. This is what God tells us because the world does not know truth. We have to be diligent in that. Folks, the world is so confused about the gospel and missions and Bible that when they hear the truth, they think it's a lie. So we have to be diligent to proclaim the truth. And then Paul says, not only this, but in their love towards others. You've been giving to faith promise, but you've got to continue to give the faith promise. Continuing to give to others. This is missions. And when we do this, we're demonstrating our love and our continual love for them by giving. By giving. One of the principles I stressed to my children growing up was this. In fact, my son will tell you, he hated hearing me say this. But I would tell him, actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. When he went to Bible college, I told him, I said, son, remember this. Actions speak louder than words. He went up to college uh, with the understanding that he was carrying my name. Yeah. His first semester, I was wishing he had a different one. Yeah. Yeah, when you get those phone calls, hey, can we talk to you about your son? No, I don't want to talk to him about my son. His third semester, he called me and he said this. They're not teaching me anything you haven't already taught me, Dad. I said, that's good. Because if we teach you something new, we've got a problem. He said, but I also want to tell you this. I understand now why you told me that my actions were louder than my words. He said, I had to spend two semesters fixing what I did the first semester I was here. Today he has a great reputation with the school. But he did in the first semester. It took, took him a long time to recover from that and to the point where he now can have a strong relationship with them. Let me tell you, folks, what we do says more than what we say. When it comes time to turn in those, those offerings, or those cards here shortly in the offering plates, it will tell us individually really just how much we believe in what we're doing. How much love we have will show. Paul was urging them to continue in this grace. And by doing this, they're going to prove the sincerity of their love. Look at verse 8. We're going to come back to this, but I want to mention it now. I speak not by command, but by occasion, the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. To prove the sincerity of your love. Remember, we're talking about giving here. The only time God ever says prove anything is dealing with money. Have you noticed that? When it comes to your tithing, God said prove me. When it comes to your missions, God says, let me, let me see you prove yourself. Right. When it comes to anything else, it's always by faith. Yeah. What's God showing us? You and I need to learn a lesson here. Right. We think too much about our money. Yeah. Yeah. We think too much of that money. Money is just a tool for God. Yeah. Just a tool. Amen. And when we find the right place to use that tool, it works. Yeah. Do we understand that? How many of you husbands, look at me up here, how many of you husbands have been asking your wife, will you hang a picture on the wall? Yeah, I'd be glad to. You go to the garage and you don't own a hammer. So you get a block of wood or your boot and you go to work on the wall. It gets done, but not very effectively. But if she pulls out her toolbox 
and she hands you a hammer, all of a sudden you can drive that nail in there straight and be done quickly. And you realize the importance of having the right tool. I don't know if you've ever tried to undo a, a nut off a bolt, and it is a 916 nut, and all you've got is a pair of channel locks. And after you've rounded it off a few times, you go borrow a pipe wrench, and you finally get it off, and your buddy says, well, I had the right wrench all the time. When you have the right tool, it makes the job a whole lot easier. All money is is a tool that God wants us to use for His glory. It's not about building our kingdom, it's about building His. Notice thirdly with me, not only did they give of themselves, not only did they practice grace, but then thirdly, I want you to see there was a performing of it. Look at verse 11. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of what you have. It's easy to say we're surrendered to the Lord. It's easy to say we're patterning after Christ. But saying and doing are two different things. As Paul is saying this to them, he was simply saying, in your giving and going, do your actions match your words? Because you made a commitment, now let's fulfill it. You know, sometimes when we make a faith promise commitment, things happen. Maybe your work changes, maybe you have a lull in your, uh, your work, and the question is going to come into your mind, what do I do? You give. If God gave you peace about this, then you are faithful to Him, and He will obviously meet that need. Well, these were young Christians in many ways. This church was poor in more than just finances. They were poor in many ways in understanding. They had enough faith to trust God in this. Thankful for that. Many times we have much more of an opportunity than than we see here for these folks because you and I have an entire book that teaches us. And oftentimes we forget the performing of this. How do I perform this? Notice what Paul did. He gave them a pattern here. Look at verse 12. He said, For there be first a willing mind. Church, if you're going to be faithful to perform what God has told you to give, you've got to first get it right up here. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to believe God, trust God, and do what God has said. And I'm going to tell you now, your mind will fight you, your flesh will fight you, your flesh will have doubts, your flesh will come against those times where you say, how can I, if I do this, I'm going to miss this bill. You're going to have those situations where you're going to have to get your mind in check. Your mind will fail you. I'm so thankful that I didn't have to have a good mind to be saved. (laughs) Had a man one time that came to me, his father uh, was sick with Alzheimer's, which is a terrible, terrible thing to watch somebody endure. And his father had gotten to be where he was just hard to deal with and even belligerent and even didn't want to, to be around people. And the scriptures just almost would irritate him sometimes. And he said, I'm so worried that my father has uh, walked away from Christ. I said, well, let me, let me stop you there. First of all, you can't walk away from Christ. Amen. You don't have that ability. Amen. Secondly, what is happening to his mind has no effect on his spirit right. and his soul. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. But I will tell you that if you don't get your mind right, we can let it affect how we act. And so they were first setting their mind, getting their mind right. And then once they get their mind right, notice the second thing he says. Let me finish reading. For to be first a willing mind and accept according to that man hath and not according to he hath not. 
And he goes on to explain to them a little bit about, hey, your mind, when you get it right, will also help them to repent when they fail. Here's something we don't see taught very much anymore. Repentance is necessary. Repentance starts with a change of our mind. We always hear repentance means we turn from this to God. Yes, yes, but how did that happen? First you had to have your mind altered because your mind thought you were good enough. Your mind says if I work hard enough. Your mind says if I do enough good deeds. And finally your mind says I'm not good enough. I am a, a lost and undone. And without Jesus I'm going to perish in hell eternity. And then we change our mind and say I can put my trust in Jesus. See it's all about the mind. Get that mind first, and then once we get that ready, then we can be who God wants us to be. That change of mind. Paul wrote to the Philippians, and he said this in Philippians 4.2, I beseech Eurodius, and I beseech Sentity, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. You know, our mind needs to be what God's mind is. We have the same mind as Christ. What is he concerned about? Seeking and saving the lost. Seeking and saving the lost. How do we do that? Well, we give and we go. Every time there's an opportunity, be out there knocking doors, passing out tracts, sharing the gospel. And then when it comes time to give, give to faith promise so that every missionary that comes can be supported if pastor says we ought to. What a glorious thing it is when we can be a part of such an impact in the world. The performance comes after our mind. You're making a decision today. Your mind is going to be made up today what you're going to give. The rest of the year is the performance of it. The rest of the year. The rest of the year. Maybe you've been faithful thus far to give. Church, listen, now is not the time to stop. Uh, I had a man tell me one time, I don't know where he got his philosophy, but he said, I'm going to take the Abraham approach. I've done all I need to do. I'm going to sit back and let the younger guys take over from here. And I was like, where did you find that in the book? I missed that chapter. But he had in his mind that it was okay to reach a certain point and just stop serving God and let somebody else do it. And I thought, this is a team event. And if one stops, it hurts the whole team. So we have to perform the rest of the year. Well, I'm going to get mad at the preacher and I don't want to give. That's not the issue. Even if you get mad or upset or, or your friend next to you in the pew makes you mad, that has no bearing on what you committed to God. My son went to Bible college. I told you about this. He gets a lot of stories told on him. Our missions conference is in January every year. He went to college at the beginning of the year. What is that? May, June? And I said, hey, by the way, when you go, don't forget your mission still comes back to this church. I don't care what church they make you join. You made a commitment to God here. So until January, I better see a check every week. He said, are you serious? I said, do I look serious? I said, why are you asking me? You made a commitment to God. By the way, people have been mad at me over the years and left the church. I said, hey, I'm sorry you're leaving, but don't forget you made a commitment to faith promise. Don't drop the ball on God. Be mad at me, but don't drop the ball on God. Those missionaries, they depend on you. We have to perform what we promise. It's a problem in our country. We don't fulfill our vows. We don't take them serious. We have to make sure we finish properly. Anybody can make a statement. Anybody can start the program, but how do we finish it? So we see here that they gave of themselves, they practiced grace, and then they performed the doing of it. 
So what do we learn from this? Can I give you three things that I think are important that we see from the early church? We see that Paul ingrained in them that will help us in our walk in giving and continuing to stay the course. Here they are. Number one, in continuing to stay the course, we prove the sincerity of our love to others. I showed it to you in verse 8. Now someone might say, I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I guess you don't have to. But Paul said it's expedient that you do. It's beneficial. It's good for you. It's helpful for the process that we show those whom we love that we're going to give to them. Um, Just purely for application has nothing to do with me. Yesterday I have one of our building team members is in town. Um, his wife is here going through some, some tests and trying to rule out some cancers and such. And so they're staying at my apartment at my house. And, and so we took them to eat Friday night. And yesterday I took them to buy some new clothes and suits and things like that. And the, the question was, why would you do that? Because I love them. Yeah. Yeah. And I want them to know that they're cared about and they're loved. Amen. Amen. I want them to know... Hey, if you need something, let's address those things and, and Lord, take care of the need, but let's meet those things. Are we ever go take him and buy him a suit and get him another tie and, and you know, get him something that was new and that wasn't worn and tattered. And you say, well, how does that help her cancer? It didn't do a thing for her cancer. If she has it, I pray she doesn't. But it let them know that we loved them. I was proving my love. You say, well, did you have to prove your love? I didn't have to, but I wanted to. Every November 17th, celebrate my anniversary with my wife. I've been married to her for 32 years. I love that woman like nobody else. I don't just tell her on November 17th, hey, I love you. I buy her something. Whatever it is I can think of that year, uh, the woman, I try to spoil her throughout the year so it gets harder and harder. Sometimes she says, I only need a card, but I try to give her something because I want her to know that I do love her. I want to prove that I love her. God wanted to prove his love to me. He gave his only begotten son. Die on the cross of Calvary to prove that he loved me. And guess what? I believe him. I believe him. But do those around us know that we really love them? Do our missionaries really know that we care when they come in on furlough and they have needs? Are we meeting them? When they come in and have burdens, are we praying with them and and trying to be a friend through those things? Do they really know that we care the way they should? Because I'm going to tell you, folks, the field can be a very lonely place. It can be a very lonely place. You say, well, how is money going to help their loneliness? Uh, Numerous ways can God use the tools we give to meet their needs and to overcome what they go through. But you don't know what it's like to be in those fields. So let's make sure we understand we're proving that sincerity of our love. Number two, notice this. We should not feel pressured. I want to say this because usually somebody gets mad at me. They usually say something crazy like, it's always about money. Well, number one, it's not always. Okay? It's not always about money. But the Lord did speak on money a lot, so we have to be honest about that. But usually someone feels pressured and says, well, I feel like I have to give now. Look at verse 13 with me. For I mean not that other men be eased and you be burdened. Paul said, I'm not wanting you to be pressured. But by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be an equality.
He says, listen, there's no need to feel pressure here because this is not about you doing something and someone else not. This is a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to give to faith promise. It's a privilege to be able to give unto the ministry of the Lord. You understand, I told you earlier in Sunday school, God doesn't have to use us, but He does. How awesome is that? He allows us to be a part of His work in this capacity of giving back to Him. So there's no pressure. We need to prove the sincerity of our love, not be pressured. Number three, notice this. Our giving is not about the most, but about proportionately. Look at verse 14 again. But by an equality that now is this uh, time your abundance may be a supply for their want, and their abundance may also be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. Here's what we learn about giving to make the promised missions. Listen very carefully. And I'll give you a passage to, to support this. The person who gives $25 a week to missions may be giving more than the person who gives $150 to missions. You say, how can that be? $150 is bigger than, bigger than $25. You're looking at amounts. That's not how God views things. See, there's an equality because none of us are in the same place. We're in different places in life. We're in different places in our work. We're in different places in our capacities. God doesn't judge us on amounts. He judges us on a, a curve, in, uh, uh, not on a curve, but in a way that we are all equal in that he says a percentage. You ever notice when it comes to your giving, it's a tithe. It's a percentage. It's not a set amount. God doesn't say, thou shall give $100 a week. God didn't say that. He just says the tithe belongs unto the Lord. And so when it comes to missions, it's not about me being the biggest giver. It's me being a proportionate giver and how God directs. You say, how is that true? Hold your place there and turn to Mark chapter 12 real quick. The preacher told me I didn't have to stop at a certain time, so I want to make sure we get this principle. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 says this. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 Jesus is in church watching an offering take place. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. Now understand, these religious folks, when they cast in their money, they made a big boastful thing of it. They would make sure that the chains would drop in and they would be rattling and just hear it go on and they would try to make much of their giving as to say, look what I'm doing. And he called unto his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more, underline that word more, in than all, not some, but all, which they have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in out of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all she had, even all her living. Two might, I think it was a farthing. She cast it in because it's all she had. And Jesus said, that, that's giving. Because they were giving out of their abundance, she was giving out of her want. She didn't give the most amount-wise, but she gave the most percentage-wise. In fact, she gave more than everybody else who made a boast out of themselves. So don't get caught up in thinking, well, if I don't give so much, no, it's not about a dollar amount, it's about the proportion in which God allows you to give. 
I know folks in our church that give, you know, way more than their tithe. Just they have the ability and they have got to the place in their faith where they just trust God for that. I know folks that, that can't get close to their tithe, but they're, they're trying to get their means proper. They're living beyond their means. They're trying to get those things settled down where they can give more. And here's the thing. God understands where you're at. And how you can continue to get better. Remember, it's not about building our kingdom. It's about building His. So we find out, verse 15 back in our text. Paul says, that is written. He that hath gathered much had nothing over. And he that gathered little had no lack. You see, when we're doing our part, church, and we're giving proportion the way we should... God's going to make sure there's not an overance and there's no lack. Now, we don't don't really much like the part about not having the overage. We like the overage. But God is saying this, that I'm going to meet those needs every time. Can I remind you of this since I've said that? God's not a liar. God's faithful. So if we do our part to prove our sincerity, to not be pressured, but really to feel like we should give proportionately, God has proven to us in His Word that He will meet those needs. I love this because you know what they did? They gave. And you know what happened? They blessed the work of God. And the work of God went forward. You know what happens when the work of God goes forward? those that we help begin to train and teach others who do the same. And somewhere in the circle, just as the Word of God said, eventually their abundance will supply our lack. Can I tell you, I seen that happen this morning. See, where did you see it? When those folks got up here and sang a while ago? Hope you didn't miss that. Hope you didn't miss that. It was a blessing you got to be a part of right here on your platform this morning that would not have happened if someone didn't reach somebody in another country at some point. You've seen it come full circle. You've seen it. When you see those things, church, that ought to motivate you to say, how much more can we do? Wouldn't it be awesome if next year that there was a Korean song sung and then a Cantonese song sung and then a Japanese song sung, then a Mexican song sung, and you people get tired of singing by the time. You say, well, that ain't going to happen. Not with an attitude like that, I think. But what could God do? After all, His Word is true. Amen? Standing to our feet, our heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, we thank You again for allowing us to come and... Traveled far and near with one main goal to seek and save the lost. Though his followers condemned him so, unto a sinner he would go. Still he pressed on this message to bestow. Should we neglect the cause? Should we forget the lost? And fail 